Hello, and welcome back to episode 1.2 of America's Lost History, where we finish off the Virginia delegates of the Signers of the Declaration of Independence. I'm your host, Ron Wismer, and uh, like I said, welcome back. We're going we're gonna to truck on through and finish off our delegates from Virginia. So let's get right to it. Our first delegate is Richard Henry Lee, born January the 20th, 1732, died June 19th, 1794, age at signing 44. Born in Westmoreland County, Virginia, to Colonel Thomas Lee and Hannah Harrison Ludwell, the Lee family was one of the oldest and richest in Virginia. Thomas Lee was royal governor of Virginia until his death in 1750. Richard Henry was tutored at the family home of Stratford Hall and then attended Queen Elizabeth Grammar School in Wakefield, England. Upon the death of his father, Richard returned to Virginia to help settle the family estate. In 1757, he married Anne Islet, with whom he would have six children. Also in 1757, Richard Lee entered his political career by becoming a Justice of the Peace. In 1758, he joined four of his brothers as members of the House of Burgesses. An early proponent of colonists having the same rights as all British subjects, Richard also opposed the slave trade. Richard Lee began associating with Patrick Henry, with whom he would help found the Virginia Sons of Liberty. In 1767, Lee supposedly proposed the Committee of Correspondence between the Colonies to John Dickinson of Pennsylvania. The next year, his wife Anne would pass away, and he would marry Anne Pinknard in 1769, and that couple would have seven children. Richard Henry Lee and Patrick Henry attended the First Continental Congress. He soon became friends with the Patriots of Congress, including Sam Adams. John Adams described Lee as one of the great orators of Congress. His speeches were flourished with a black scarf that he wore on one of his hands. This scarf covered the fact that he blew off all of the fingers on his one hand, except for his thumb, in a hunting accident. On June the 7th, 1776, Richard Henry Lee introduced the now famous Resolution on Independence from Great Britain. The resolution read, and I quote, Resolved that these united colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. So this was the resolution that we voted for in July 2nd, 1776 for independence. Lee was not re-elected to Congress in 1777 due to a scandal with his brother Arthur and Silas Dean, but would return in 1779. During the war, Lee fought with the Virginia militia and even had a horse shot out from under him during battle. In 1784, he returned to Congress to serve as its president until 1785. Uh, Mostly during his term as president of Congress, they worked on the land grants in the Western territories. Um, Mostly unsuccessful, but he did establish the United States Survey Program. He turned down the opportunity to serve in the Constitutional Convention because he was opposed to the idea of the document. He was against a strong federal government. But he did lead the charge for the Bill of Rights and would serve as one of Virginia's first U.S. Senators. He resigned from the Senate in 1792 for health reasons and would die in 1794. Francis Lightfoot Lee, born October the 14th, 1734, died January the 11th, 1797, age at signing 41. Born at the Lee family home in Westmoreland, Francis grew up at the Stratford Hall, which his father completed in 1738. Francis was educated at home with his brother Richard Henry Lee. In 1758, Francis became a trustee for Leesburg, Virginia, and soon became one of the four Lee brothers serving in the House of Burgesses. In 1772, Francis married his second cousin, Rebecca Taylor. The couple would have no children. 
An early patriot, Francis was close friends with Patrick Henry. After the Stamp Act became law, Francis was involved in almost every form of protest and other patriot activities in the colony. In 1775, Francis was elected to Congress, and he would serve there until 1779. Unlike his bombastic brother Richard, Francis was shy and reserved in Congress. He served on the Board of War, the Military, and Marine Committees. Francis served on the committee that helped write the Articles of Confederation, and in opposition to his brother, he was a supporter of the Constitution of the United States. Francis retired from the Virginia State Senate in 1783. He and his wife lived a, the quiet, retired life at Minokin until their deaths from pleurisy around 1794. If you're asking, pleurisy is kind of the word for a really bad cold. Our next delegate is Thomas Nelson Jr. Born December the 26th, 1738. He died January the 4th, 1789. Age at signing, 37. Born in Yorktown, Virginia to Elizabeth Burwell and William Nelson, his family was wealthy and sent young Thomas to England for education, which is what wealthy families in Virginia did at the time. He had attended Newcomb School and then Eton, and he would go on to graduate from Cambridge in 1760. Upon his return in 1761, Thomas helped his father run the family plantation. In 1762, he married Lucy Grimes, with whom he would have at least 11 children. Thomas would serve in the House of Burgesses until 1774, when it was disbanded by the royal governor. On November the 7th, 1774, Nelson and others boarded the British merchantman Virginia and dumped its tea into the York River. This is known as the Virginia Tea Party. In 1775, Nelson was sent to attend Congress, and when Virginia declared independence on May of 1776, he carried the news to Richard Henry Lee, which allowed Lee to propose the resolution of independence. In 1777, Nelson was forced to leave Congress for health reasons, possibly having suffered a stroke. Despite his health problems, he served as a brigadier general in the Virginia militia and helped to lead its safe defense. He used his wealth to recruit troops for the war effort, even raising a troop of light cavalry in 1778. He would also fund the war effort with personal loans to the government. In 1781, Nelson succeeded Jefferson as governor of Virginia, while still leading Virginia's militia. Famously, at the siege of Yorktown, Nelson supposedly ordered his troops to fire on his family home because it was Cornwallis's HQ. Most likely, it was actually the house of his uncle that was uh, being used as Cornwallis's HQ. Thomas's Nelson's home was damaged during the siege, but still stands today and can be visited. After the war, Nelson's financial fortunes were reversed. He was never repaid all the monies he loaned to Congress, and he would die in 1789 with much diminished finances from his lifelong bout of asthma. And finally, our last delegate from Virginia is George Wythe, who was born around 1726 and died June 8, 1806. Age at signing, around 50. Born on the family plantation of Chesterville in what is now Hampton County, Virginia, his father Thomas was a planter who died when George was only three. That left George to be raised by his mother, Mary Walker, who instilled a love of learning in young George. She also might possibly have been a Quaker, so she instilled Quaker ideals into young George. George studied at his uncle Stephen Dewey's law firm in his teens until, and he passed the bar at the age of 20. In 1748, his mother died. He also had married Anne Lewis that same year, but she would die in August. In 1754, White served as the Attorney General for Virginia, but he would resign in 1755. He was also elected to the House of Burgesses that same year. In 1755, his older brother Thomas died childless, leaving George to inherit the family plantation. He married Elizabeth Taufiero, whose father built the George White House that still stands in Williamsburg today. 
Around 1760, Thomas Jefferson came to study law under Wythe. A lifelong friendship would blossom between the two men. Jefferson would call Wythe his second father. In 1765, with the passage of the Stamp Act, Wythe became a patriot. He drafted the House of Burgess's response to Parliament, but it had to be toned down for all its incendiary language before passage. In 1774, Wythe was sent to Congress. He had first suggested that America become a separate nation, but still under the crown, much like Canada and Australia are today. He was also the first congressman to propose an alliance with another nation. Wythe was not in Philadelphia for the vote on independence, and possibly did not even sign in August. In fact, he may not have signed at all and authorized someone else to sign for him. There's no proof one way or the other, but there is discrepancies in how his signature appears on that document versus a lot of other documents he signed. He returned to Virginia in 1776 to help set up the new government for that state. He continued to teach law at William & Mary and even helped poor students pay for their education. When his second wife died, Wythe freed all of his slaves and two of his former slaves stayed on to take care of George in his old age. These two former slaves were set to inherit part of George's estate. His nephew, George Sweeney, a drinker and a gambler, came to live with Wythe. Sweeney was set to inherit the bulk of the Wythe estate. Sweeney poisoned his uncle and the two former slaves with arsenic, killing one of the servants and Wythe. Sweeney was acquitted on the murder on a technicality and walked away scot-free. The technicality was that even a free black person was not allowed to give testimony in Virginia at the time. So this law giant of the early colonial period was his killer was set free on a technicality of the law. George Wythe was about 80 years old when he died. Okay, folks, that's going to be it for Virginia. Uh, we have covered pretty much some of the biggest names in the revolution up to this point. Um, next week, we will be covering North Carolina, and I hope to hear from you guys soon. Leave some feedback for me on the Facebook group, or some of you just text me and let me know how you feel about episodes or just harass me in the middle of hospitals, but that's fine. So, have a good week, folks.